Welcome to the Evolve Mindset. My name is Chelsea Browse, but most know me online as Chelsbra. I'm an awakening mentor and somatic sexologist who's passionate about the continuous evolution of consciousness. If you're looking to evolve your sex life, career, relationships, finances, or health, then it begins with your mindset and this podcast is for you. My goal is to use this container to provide the tools, knowledge, and insights to further your potential and evolution. I know we're going to have so much fun together, so thank you so much for pressing play and let's evolve. Kenshin, thank you so much for joining me in today's episode. I feel like I manifested you on. I've been wanting to get you here for a while. <laughs> you've, been, you've been on my manifestation list for here. <laughs> so yeah, thank you very much for joining me today. Oh, thank you for having me. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's funny. This is only the second podcast I've been on. So um, I'm still relatively new with this uh, this format. Uh, I, I do have a podcast, but I basically just put guided meditations on it. So mm. the whole interview thing is uh, is fairly new for me. And I'm also excited to be here. I um, yeah, I'm I'm just kind of reminiscing right now, uh, thinking back to the day we met at um, my very first uh, group meditation course that I ran back yes. in Winnipeg. Yeah, mm. and it was yeah, it was, it was so interesting to see like, um, I, like I didn't know you and most of the other people who had come like knew me. So it was, it was interesting. It was like, Oh wow, this is a totally new person. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I actually, I didn't know that. First of all, I didn't realize that was your first meditation workshop. It seemed like you had been doing a few from my experience and meeting you and sitting through that, which honestly, that was such an amazing moment in my entire spiritual journey. Um, I had come to a point for me that I've been meditating on my own consistently for about eight months, I think it was. Mm. And I just kept getting these downloads where like, it's time, like you need to like really up level. Like there's something more that is calling you. Like you need to do something more. So then I, I don't know, I just started looking around on the internet and I saw this random meditation workshop <laughs> and I was awesome. like, fuck, I got to do that. <laughs> right on. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So that was just an amazing moment for me and my entire spiritual path if you will yeah oh man that's awesome to hear because yeah i i had um what i've been doing i had been teaching yoga but not meditation up to that point mm. and so that was my first foray into like actually teaching meditation and um and yeah like i don't know i guess i guess for me, the the neuroscience aspects of meditation are really like what what drive me, and so that was kind of yeah. like the 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 way I advertised it um, on Facebook. And yeah, it was it was really successful, and it made me just want to do more and more of it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, totally. I remember how I felt after that too. Like, uh, obviously, like had been meditating for about eight months. I've already had like these these amazing sits with myself mm. but never like five hours worth of meditating basically that was, that was the entire length of the workshop so when i had left oh my god i literally like the lights were brighter yeah. uh, like food tasted amazing yeah, yeah. Like, what kind of drug is this this is crazy yeah oh yeah and actually i do remember too now that i'm reflecting on it um 
uh, where was that yoga public you yeah. were hosting it yeah and they i guess they had complimentary tea mm-hmm. <laughs> and i remember what is in this tea <laughs> <laughs> yes and you're like oh i'm sorry I'll, t- I'll turn down the incense it's like no 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 that's not it i swear <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah that was so funny oh i thought yeah that was amazing an amazing experience to say the least um and now that we're speaking on your zen meditation mm. uh, i would love to know your journey oh. before the workshop oh my it's so long <laughs> it's been about seven years <laughs> seven years now and i think up to that workshop when when, when did i do that that was yeah, that was um, a year after I finished my yoga teacher training. So it would have been probably the end of my third year of of my journey. So I started my journey back in 2015. Um, no, 20. Yeah, I started it in 20, late 2013, around there. Yeah. And um, it started, you know, everyone kind of has this like moment where they decided, oh, I'm going to, something's wrong. I need to change something. I'm going to do something about it. And then you go and you find whatever it is, whether it's Mm -hmm. going to the gym or like a spiritual transformation or something. There's always like a moment where people decide um, I'm going to do this. And for me, it was, you know, I was at the top of my career. Um, I was making six figures. I was an architect at MTS and um, had the big house and everything. Like, like I, I had basically everything I wanted. And something was still wrong. You know, I was just like, something was still, just felt off inside of me. And I'm like, this can't be it. Like, I, I actually, I really remember like, I kept getting promotions. I kept getting like pay increases and all this stuff. And every time I got one, I was just what's next. You know, I just go on to that what's next. And so there was always this just like wanting and I was never, never, ever satisfied. And I'm just like, there's, there's just something wrong here. And the wake up moment was when I had gone to uh, a sleep, a sleep doctor. And he said, Oh, you have sleep apnea and you could die in your sleep. You need to, you need to use this machine or, you know, you're probably going to die before mm-hmm. you're 40 sort of thing. I'm, I'm now 40 and I'm fine. <laughs> um, and, and I remember like asking him like, dude, like, okay, do I really need this machine? Like, can I just like lose weight or something? Like what's, what's the actual thing that I can do here? I don't, I don't think being with a machine for the rest of my life is, is really something that I'm going to subscribe to. And he's like, no, there's nothing you could do. You couldn't lose enough Mm -hmm. weight. And internally I was like, fuck you. I reject your version of reality. There's no, no, no. (laughs) I still got the machine because I had insurance for it, but um, I used it like one night and I'm like, nope, I'm done. This is this is it. No, this is not happening. I, I'm not going down this way. So I uh right around that time, 
I, I had an Audible subscription and this book Rebel Buddha started popping into my awareness. I don't, mm. I, I probably, I probably uh, got you to read that at some point, right? You did. Yeah. I read it. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the, I mean, it's so long ago now, but the premise I remember was there's this rebel Buddha inside of you. And the reason you feel like something's off is because he wants out and he's pissed off and he, <laughs> he just wants to break free of all this yes. shit that you've created. And that really resonated with me because um, just what the doctor was saying and, you know, my body wasn't the way I wanted it to be. And, but my career was fine. My relationship was kind of like, you know, a little bit cold maybe. And, and I'm like, fuck, like, why can't I life properly? I've been doing all the things that I've been <laughs> taught and it's, I'm still not getting what's been like this promised happiness. Right. I was, I was told you, you get a car, you get a house, you get a girlfriend, you get a mm -hmm. job, like you get all these things and you will be happy. This is the model. And it wasn't working for me. Maybe it works for some people. I don't think it does, but um, <laughs> it wasn't working for me. So the rebel Buddha kind of sparked that mm. or re-sparked it in me. Um, the interesting thing about my journey that most people don't know is that both of my parents were Buddhist. So I had my first Zen transmission was I was about six months old and my mom's just playing with the baby and doing, doing her Zen thing. And so I don't know what that it. does. Yeah. Um, so I grew up in this stuff and thoroughly rejected it all in my teenage years. I'm just mm. like, no, that. you know, like, yeah, like uh, most teenagers, <laughs> right? Yeah. Whatever, whatever you, your parents are like, you know, encouraging you to yeah. do, you're like, no, <laughs> yeah, that's not cool. <laughs> yeah. So it's not just, you know, Catholicism and Christianity that people reject. It's, it's like, yeah, Buddhism too. Like, ah, get away from me, parents, you know, <laughs> um, and it got pretty dark in my teenage years. And I remember they sent me to this um, arhat named Kema Ananda. And he is it's in the middle of nowhere in grade nine. They took me out of school for three months. It was like that wow. bad, right? That in the middle of grade nine, they took me out of school for three months and sent me to this guy. It's like an enlightened Buddhist master. And I hated it at first. You know, like it was cold. It was in the middle of winter in the middle of Ontario. Mm. And literally I had to chop wood and carry water because there's no heat. There's no electricity. Uh, I didn't even know how to build a fire. I'm 15. You know, it's like, and I wake up and I'm freezing. And this guy wants me to say these mantras and, and count on beads and like, and I just like, fuck, why am I here? And the moment that all of that changed was when my parents um, had gathered all my homework from school for three months and sent it to me, they had it shipped to me and it arrived in the mail, this big package. And I just, I opened it. I just remember, Oh God, I have to do homework too. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> and I, you know, when in cartoons, like, somebody's really hungry and somebody turns into like a hot dog and they're like oh yeah the package of homework turned into firewood in my mind and I was like oh yes <laughs> and I burnt it all and it was great and the wow. rest, yeah 
<laughs> so the rest of the time was awesome. I like I had some experiences. Um, he was a tantric t- teacher, so he kind of like like he initiated me in in a, a few things there. Um, but you know, we're all a product of our environment. So as soon as I got back to school, back to home, all of that was gone. I was right back to mm. the way it was, and I rejected Buddhism again. I was just like, you know, gone. Um, anyways, so back to rebel Buddha. So I'm like reading this book and I'm starting to remember, oh, I used to do all this stuff, you know, and, um, around the same time, I was also starting to write a book called mind hacker, which, you know, my, my brand is mind hacker now, mindhacker.com. Um, that's where that started was I was still in all these business groups with the young entrepreneurs association, the young associates, just all these sort of, you know, businessy people. And I would tell war stories about my successes in business and corporate and, and all of this stuff. And everyone would say, you should write a book on this. So like two years of hearing that and eventually you're like, okay, I'll write a book. Um, <laughs> and so that's where mind hacker came from was this idea of writing the book now how it relates to rebel buddha is like i'm about half done writing the book at this point i start reading rebel buddha and i start going wait a second rebel whole hey all of the things that i'm like teaching in mind hacker are from this buddhism thing what the heck? <laughs> like all of the like tricks I have, like, for example, one of the things I was talking about in Mind Hacker, the original, which is, has not been published and will never be published. Another story um, sure. is that you have to create empty space when you have a really complex problem and you're just bashing your head against it and you just can't figure it out the best thing to do is to let go and create opportunity, like just empty space where you're not doing anything. So you either go in the shower or you go for a long drive or you go for a long walk. You just do something that's not thinking, right? Which is totally Buddhist. Um, mm. I didn't get that at that point. And I called it, you know, you put the program into background processing and you get to go and, you know, like, have fun while the problem gets solved for you. And then you download the solution and it's, it's all beautifully laid out for you. Like, Oh, wow, this is great. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's, that's Buddhist technology. And I didn't even realize it. And I'm like, Oh man, maybe I should lean into this more. <laughs> so that started my daily meditation practice. And yeah, that was like mm. almost seven years ago. I'm coming right up at the end of seven years. And, So I was still using that very like results driven, ego driven, like, okay, I'm going to like, I'm going to meditate and I'm going to figure this thing out. Right. Um, And just going based on the rebel Buddha book, I hadn't sought any teachers yet, but then about three months in, I had this like wild, wild experience. I'm sitting there in my meditation spot in my office. Okay. And and just to give context, at this point, I'm a staunch materialist. Like, reality is real, it's solid, 
spirits and angels and all that stuff is bullshit like meditation's a technology for the mind for performance that's where i was at right definitely been there (laughs) okay cool yeah and then there's more (laughs) (laughs) and then there's more yeah 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 so here's this guy ripped in 3d reality just stuck there sitting meditating month number three and eyes closed sitting there like like partially open but you know like and meditating and then all of a sudden i'm gone i have a feeling like i'm not here there's just this perspective and in front of this perspective not me in front of this perspective is me as this like blue dude with no shirt on and then like the cosmos coming out of his head it it was just like a Mm. wild vision and it was like so intensely real like i could see every detail and the three dimensions like the shapes and the weird part was that there was no sense of me having a body here there was just the sense of there's a perspective receiving this this like vision or experience or whatever it is and then poof it's gone back in my office opened my eyes like conscious the whole time it's like i was, wasn't dreaming is this is just all of a sudden a shift right i'm looking around I'm like was that (laughs) i have i have no framework or context in my reality to ground that in like anything and uh i get up and i start walking down my hallway and i'm like something feels different what is this everything feels kind of lighter and sharper kind of kind of like you know after that five hour meditation you know everything's just a little different it's just like very bright and like oh my god (laughs) um Mm -hmm. and i remember i walked into my kitchen and across the like you know like 20 feet away is like my tap and there's this like drop of water coming out of the tap forming and the light just catches it and the glint catches my eye and I almost like zoom right into this drop of water and all there is in this reality is this drop of water I'm just like whoa look at that what is going on here <laughs> I walk outside my uh, living room onto my deck and there's this like I got this like 120 foot silver maple at the time and you know i've seen it every day for like the past three years and i look up at it with like just wonder in my eyes it's so bright it's so vivid and i can like i can like feel it and i just have this Mm. sense that this is the first time i've ever actually looked at this tree yes (laughs) you know (sighs) oh man it's so wild after that yeah, I, I know those experiences have definitely changed my entire outlook with not only meditation, but life itself. Yeah, yeah, no more a materialist, right? It's like, oh, there's there's something yeah. more. You know, there's there's something beyond this relative 
vibrant, gross experience. There's, there's like a, a realm of a more subtle sort of aspect that you can access. Mm, yeah. Yes. Would you think, I guess, like at that point in your life, was were these the beginning stages uh, for you to actually feel into what really aligns for you? Yeah, it was it was the first of a long chain of experiences um, for me to really figure out what is my construct of reality, right? And how does it extend beyond the three dimensional um, experience? Um, yeah, so like, I mean, going to India, I had more experiences of like deities and um, one of the most memorable ones was like uh, green Tara and a fully tantric experience in the middle of a Zendo with everyone around. And it's, it's, it's almost embarrassing, but you know, like they can't see it. You know? mm -hmm. um, and I guess what happened, when, when did it happen? Yes, it was, it was actually that same time. So this is the next big sort of foundational shift from, you know, that, that first one was just, okay, there's, there's more to reality than this. That's kind of like just the first opening in the, the, mm -hmm. the belief field. And the second really big shift was uh, on top of a mountain in Sonoma, California at the mountaintop Zendo. Um, and I had just had a dokusan with the abbot of my Zen order and the dokusan is like where they like, you go as a private interview one-on-one -on -one and you talk, but they're also doing something else during that. There's like a subtle transmission cool. happening. Right. And I now remember what it was. He said, he said, so Kenshin, you know, emptiness is form and form is emptiness. Do you see? And my ego was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know that. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, <laughs> the ego, you're I know, I know. Yeah, of course I know. I fucking, I've read that a thousand times. Of course I know. Yeah. <laughs> right? mm -hmm. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I laugh hard because I feel like I say I know way too much, way more than I should. <laughs> yeah, well, it's actually a bit of a deflection. It's like, yes. Is like, what is it like to not know, right? That that's actually mm. the Zen practice. Is like, how can you step into this space of not knowing? You think you know who yes. you are? Who are you? Mm, I love asking that question. Right. The only answer from this depth is I don't know, and that gives you like infinite freedom. Yes. And so he did that transmission and now i'm on this like nature walk after going i you know whatever mm -hmm. da, 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 <laughs> and all of a sudden poof, 3d reality is gone again and now i'm in what i can only describe as like 5d reality mm. so it started with 40 so i like i pop out of my body and i'm in my like astral form and i can see how like the energy is kind of moving my body I'm like, okay, that's interesting. But then I kind of pop out of that and I see how like this experience, like if you look around, you see like walls, you see the desk, the computer, the mic, all this stuff, right? 
And I saw all of that contained in like a bubble around the the little me that's walking around. So this experience bubble. And I saw how that experience bubble was me. I was the the little thing walking around and all of the stuff that that being was experiencing. That whole bubble was me. Zoomed out one more time. And this is kind of where it gets into some pretty wild stuff. Um, I saw my experience bubble and everyone else's experience bubbles all kind of like, well, you know, moving around. And, and then I saw the interesting part was like, we're kind of seeing the experience from the um, outside in, not the inside out. So we're seeing like from the outside. And the interest, the cool stuff happens when the bubbles kind of merge and we get to like, mm. like, like, like we are right now. And that, that's like the fun part is because like from, from this perspective, it's like, well, you're just me and I'm just you. And what's, what's the fun in that? Right. But with these mm -hmm. experience bubbles, there's like a certain level of distortion as the light travels in and out. And that distortion allows us to forget who we really are like this this sort of like unified consciousness and that's what makes it fun right i i call this kind of like the scratching your own back theory right hmm. if you scratch your own back i mean you feel it it's great but if somebody else scratches your back wow isn't that wild why is mm -hmm. that why is that so different you know mm -hmm. there's that recognition of of not me that kind of makes it more interesting and so I was like, oh, that's why we're doing things this way. Oh, okay, cool. And one more pop out and I saw this experience bubble and then the bubble extended all the way into the future and all the way into the past. And it's like, oh, wow, we're just like this wave on this like five dimensional ocean. And it's just, it's, it's, it's quite the mess actually. <laughs> <laughs> mm. it's quite the divine mess and uh and yeah like so that shifted my perspective of like oh okay so our spirit appears to be beyond this 3d realm and it appears to extend kind of in what seems to be like an energetic space Right. So there's like high energy, there's low energy, low energy, like the lowest is absolute chaos. High energy is absolute order. Right. Or source, maybe. Um, mm -hmm. And as we train in, in spiritual kind of technologies, we raise our vibration, so to speak, and we get to start to perceive um, higher uh, energetic forms right like like subtle entities you know angels or deities or whatever but mm -hmm. normally according to you know like we'll say the visible spectrum of energy we're only able to see a certain band right so even even in light right like if if we look at like visible light that's a certain band of like humans can only perceive light in this sort of frequency uh set and i'm what i've seen is the same is true for our energetic experience it is like we're mm. only seeing a certain band of frequencies 
relative to where our own frequency is. As a, you look at 3D, there's forward and back, left and right, up and down. That's the three dimensions. Then if you have this energetic um, dimension, that's kind of like the fourth dimension. And that's the realm that our spirit behaves in. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of my, my takeaway from that. Mm, that's awesome. I love how you break that down. Um, for me, like learning about all this stuff, like you have your own perception. And then on top of that, you have your own understandings and your own learning mm-hmm. and vocabulary and all that. But when you hear someone else kind of dissect it, it, like it helps like have these little light bulbs and connecting the dots to other things that didn't really like make sense. So I really do appreciate that for my own understanding. And if I'm understanding something a little bit better, I feel like there's going to be a listener out there that's going to take away from that. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I really appreciate that. Um, yeah. Hmm. So what else? What, um, what was the big kind of shift for you after that meditation course? Like, what was the mm. aha moment that made the lights go on, so to speak? Mm. Oh, it feels like ages ago now, though. Um, hmm. I think for me, um, it was really like I didn't realize the, okay, the the biggest thing that like blew my mind was the fact that there was stages into like a mm. meditation journey. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. I didn't know any of the spiritual background. I didn't know any like the Buddhist concepts. I didn't know anything yeah. um, with medit- anything. I just decided like, you know what? I was a very reactive person and I knew that understanding what was going on in my mind and actually seeing it that's going to help and then with that that's actually like i found meditation because of that like something just kind of like led it to me something Mm. (laughs) (laughs) so then i began my meditation journey and um i i literally started very very small because i'm for me i'm a very disciplined person i know how to start healthy habits i know how to implement a new program like any anything like that i know what's going to benefit me Mm -hmm. i will do it just because i have this i have a really good way of implementing it on myself so I started small with just two minutes a day, and then I started slowly building it up from there. And then oh, kind of just led from there. Yeah. So then with your workshop, um, I think one of like, you made a comment, oh, I think you might be at a, a stage, I think you said four or five or five or six, whatever. The number doesn't matter, but you mentioned the stage. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what are the hell is this guy talking about? <laughs> but now I'm intrigued. I remember that. I remember that. Nice. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and yeah, and then I, the, re- the main reason why for the listeners that CN mentioned that is because uh, we, we were sitting in a large circle of strangers, to me, strangers, and we were sharing what we just experienced in our 20 or 15 minute sit in that, in that, that portion. And for me, I described my own experience and I basically was spinning around and around and around and it was getting really intense and so a part of me, my like my 3D being wanted to freak out. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm drinking. There's something in the tea. There's something in this incense that's smelling like what is happening to me? But the calmer side of me is like, you know what? You're literally sitting on the floor right now. Meditating. <laughs> <laughs> like, calm the fuck down. <laughs> so oh, there yeah. was that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then. When we were sharing our stories, I shared what was happening. And that's when I asked about the tea. And then you explained like, oh, you're probably at this stage. And and then that piqued my interest. And then leaving the workshop, um, 
seeing the lights like brighter than I've ever seen them more vibrant um feeling like I was seeing downtown um very like a street on Graham that I've walked down like for 10 years I know this street like the back of my hand seeing it for the first time driving home and like like nothing I was literally nothing could bother me like there was someone that cut me off I was like okay see you later you know like everything was fine <laughs> isn't that wonderful yeah. yeah it's amazing yeah so being at that state um was heavily elevated I had never experienced it to that extent meditation itself before then was an amazing tool um I was using to really see my thoughts and um, be less reactive and have more focus and just a, a many, many, many beneficial things that I preach about and love to, to the day I die. Um, but actually experiencing it, like experiencing my life on a whole different perspective, a whole different level. And just realizing that I felt like I was at the top of a mountain with meditation, but then I realized, holy fuck, there's a whole nother peak I need to climb. <laughs> yeah. So that was super cool. Oh man, that's awesome. And that, that actually brings up something really important, um, that I've only realized in like the past year. And that's the importance of having a framework and a mm. context within which you're doing spiritual practice. Um, and the reason is most of the technology that's out there, like meditation, for example, there's, there's mm -hmm. others, uh, is all about ego deconstruction. So we're, we're peeling apart all of the habits and patterns that have like, we've built up over the years that have made us what we think we are. We're peeling those apart and we're trying to like open them up and soften them a little bit. Um, if you're inside a, a container like like that meditation program that I did, the book, The Mind Illuminated, I think was the one that I was referring to. Yes, by, by I Dasa. preach to that book all yeah. the time. That book is amazing. Like yeah. that book literally led me on, like handheld me in my journey. As yeah. it, like me being able to poke you was amazing and yeah. asking you questions, but that literally handheld me. <laughs> yeah, and, and, that, and, and, that, and that's so important is having a framework to mm -hmm. hold you and to show you like, oh, that's, that's a hindrance. If you go that way, bad things will happen, right? Like this is, this mm -hmm. is the direction that you kind of want to go to get the most benefit out of this technology. And so what it does is it does like a bit of an ego deconstruction, but then because it's pointing you in certain directions, as the ego softens, it also says, okay, here's a more beneficial way of being, right? So open your mind to new possibilities. And here are, you know, certain things that will make happiness come, samadhi or, you know, enlightenment or whatever. Mm -hmm. It kind of like does an ego reconstruction. So many spiritual people I know out there, just like, like yourself initially, just do the, the meditation just on its own without, mm -hmm. a, without a framework or a structure or a community or a teacher. And so they're on their own and they're deconstructing their ego. And now they're this, like they've blown their ego wide open and it's literally, it's wide open for anything. So yes. like that ego is actually there for a reason. It protects you from having other people put beliefs into you that may or may not be helpful, right? When you deconstruct it, you're now, your belief fields are open and 
whatever you encounter has a potential to like put a new belief into you. So, you know, like mm-hmm. cults use this, right? Yes. It, right. Um, but it doesn't we all even see how those can end. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't even necessarily have to be intentional. Like you could, you could just be, mm-hmm. have this wide open mind and you encounter something and you get sucked into QAnon or something like that. Right. Like, it's not like they mm-hmm. did it to you. You were just primed and open and ready to like receive guidance and you just encountered the wrong guidance. And now you're like, yes you're uh, uh, invading the Capitol building as like a self-subscribed shaman or something like that, you know? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) definitely. Mm -hmm. I like to describe it as like crossing crossing the street blindfolded. Um, Mm. Yeah, you could do it, but I mean, there's cars coming, there's people walking across, there's, there's potholes you can walk into trip and fall yeah but i feel like having like some type of guidance someone's like holding your hand or you can rest their hand on your shoulder and you can walk across safely yeah i mean i played with some pretty wild technology before i i had um guidance uh i i found a in my first year even i found a really good aptitude for lucid dreaming and astral projection Mm, I've been trying to do that stuff. Oh yeah, <laughs> but I'd I'd love to hear what you're gonna yeah, say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We can we can talk about that later if you like. Um, sure. Yeah. It's it's not as difficult as you'd think. Anyways, so uh, lucid dreaming is totally fine because you're in your own bubble. Astral projection is where things get a little weird because now you're popping out of your bubble and you're surfing the collective unconscious, basically. Mm-hmm. And it can appear like this reality because this reality is in the collective unconscious, but that's cool. But it can also appear as almost anything. I was doing a lot of exploration in those realms. And uh, my friend Doug, when I was telling him this story, he was like, okay, so um, not my personal experience, but this guy I was talking to from India who teaches this stuff has basically told me, you need to be really careful when you're doing astral projection. Yeah. You know, you need to know how to protect yourself because he, he says, those realms are about as dirty as the Amazon River as far as mm-hmm. parasites and, and things that will like mm-hmm. try and attach to your energy. And I mean, mm-hmm. I have picked up several so-called demons in my days, uh, which are just like lower lower uh vibration forms of energy which Mm -hmm. are trying to raise their vibration by getting somebody else's energy right it's uh Mm -hmm. and they can be very disruptive if you a aren't aware of them b don't know what to do with them and you know like yeah so doing astral projection with proper training without you know taking the blindfold off walking across the street is is super important i'd say Mm -hmm. yeah yeah definitely i love that you brought that up that's super cool um i do also really want to touch base on one more thing that i know you've been working on Mm. and it has a lot to do with a new book yeah share a little bit about that yeah so it's the book that mind hacker turned into um Mm. a a long story short i was writing mind hacker for about five years and then i uh, i was having trouble publishing it there's some major resistance in me 
the finishing, the editing and getting it to the publishing state. And so I finally, I'm like, okay, I need help. So I took it to a friend of mine who's a book publisher and I'm like, man, I just, can you go through this and let me know, like, should I finish it? How can I finish it? Like, what's the best way to move forward? And he brought, uh, so his name is Varick and he brought his, um, his, uh, partner uh carol in to review it and carol's also uh, a psychic and she read the book and they both they've known me for five years as well and she read it and came back on the you know a couple of weeks later and we were talking and she's like you know what your problem is is this book is no longer you you've been writing it mm. for five years and you've had so many transformations since you started writing yeah. it. That, like even the start of the book and the end of the book, they don't, they're totally different, man. <laughs> you you gotta, you gotta throw this out and start over. And so we started writing a new book together. Um, like her kind of guiding the process and, 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 uh, helping me bring out like, what is mm. my essence? What is my thing? Like, you know, like who is this Cian guy, right? Like on one hand, he's, He's an MBA in finance, uh, like high technology architect. He redesigned the 911 system in Manitoba. And then on the other hand, he's like this spiritual guy and like, you know, astral projection and believes in like entities and deities and stuff. Like, <laughs> what is this? You know, what, what, how is this all in one person? And what came out is the integrated leader. Right. And I had been actually struggling to bring these two worlds together myself. Mm, I can relate to that so much. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and this is the next evolution, right? Mm. Even Osho talks, talked about this in the sixties and seventies. He's like, listen, we can't have all these spiritual people. And then all these like business and like, you know, other people like the, we are scientific people, right? We need to bring science and spirituality together. They can't be competing. They have to be integrated. And so that's where the integrated leader was born. So the integrated leader is the first book in the mind hacker series. It's going to come out later this year. Um, and we're going to be launching the wait list and all of that on mindhacker.com within the next week or so. Um, and, and the premise of the book is that, um, there's a big problem in this world, right? And we all, we all see like, you know, the environment and nature, nature's kind of like getting degraded and pushed away and, uh, the environment's getting pretty wild with hurricanes and really hot weather and the ozone layer and the oceans and everything seems to be out of balance mm. because everything is out of balance. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a lot of reasons for that. One of them is that the way that we engage with the planet is out of balance is that we have all of these corporations, right? And they're acting in a very masculine, dominating, extracting way of, I can't trust the planet or my customers even to give what is needed. I have to, with the highest efficiency possible, go and get it. I have to pull it to, I have to go and get it. That's a very masculine way of being, right? So the companies behave in this way. And if you look inside of the companies, 
all of the people from the bottom all the way to the top are it and this isn't all companies but this is the ones that i'm talking about are like this where it's a very masculine dominating you know if you have staff you're like you have to do this job exactly like this here are the steps da, yeah da, da, right like and so so somebody who may have a skill set may have their own sort of magic to bring to a position doesn't get the opportunity to bring that out they're slotted into this like factory like position and they just have to like stamp out as many of whatever's as they they can as mm -hmm. quickly as they can where's the magic in that and it, it kind of kills something inside of you right I would say so. Mm -hmm. It sounds like the framework for most corporations. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It is. It is. And this is this is a problem is this is like mm -hmm. uh, an over focus on the masculine energy, mm -hmm. right? Masculine is structure and predictability and efficiency and that, that you know, all that stuff. Now, we're going to go one step further back into the leaders of these corporations. and the leaders in these corporations are also out of balance, but it's inside. It's subtle. It's internally. Mm -hmm. So look at their subconscious as the feminine aspect inside their being, right? The subconscious is the birthplace of all your creativity. It's the birthplace of all of your joy and love and expression and, and like, all of that stuff that we all desperately want but it's feminine right you can't make it give you what you want you can't dominate it and say we can't be emotional no we have to be like this we have to wake up at 9 a.m and we have to do this and this and this and this you can't like behave like that and say give me what i want and expect it to like do that it just tends to retreat and close down and shut down. And so the guys I work with, like they've, they've spent their whole career, they used to be creative and then they got good at being productive, but then the creativity mm -hmm. disappeared and they're like, Fuck, what happened? <laughs> well, you're dominating your internal system, your masculine element, your, your consciousness is dominating your subconscious or the feminine energy inside of you. And as within, so without, whatever happens inside of you happens outside of you and is reflected back to you in the universe. Yes. Right. So now you're also behaving that way towards your staff. And so you're crushing them into whatever contorted system that you believe. And then the corporation does that to the planet. And worldwide, we have this whole masculine out of balance with feminine sort of phenomena. Right. And so we see the planet retreating. It stops producing as much, you know, mm -hmm. and we're losing diversity in the animal populations. And like it starts getting kind of chaotic. And these guys are chaotic too, right? They have fucking hurricanes inside themselves all the time. They may think they're mm -hmm. unemotional, but like as soon as you say no to one of these guys, watch how fucking emotional he is, right? Like, yep. Bah! Mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> like, yep. like a toddler. <laughs> like a toddler, right? Because because if you believe you have no emotions, and I've heard this so many times, I I, I don't have emotions. I've heard this, like you can't you can't be in tune with something you don't believe you have. You, you're <laughs> just pushing it into the shadows where it's going to be the puppet master. Exactly. And so the integrated leader is about recognizing that internal reality and then bringing it into balance and saying, okay, how do I 
hold space for my subconscious? How do I create a sense of safety in this container? How do I use my masculine energy to hold space to create safety so that the feminine feels safe to open up and blossom? And then I can start to feel happy inside myself because now, oh, now I'm connected to my emotions and I can start working with my triggers and stuff. And then that gets translated into the external world as well. Now with my staff, I can start to hold space. So yeah, I'm not saying get rid of finances and stuff. You still, you still need to make money, but it can't be the focus. You still have to have an opening to the created aspects, right? You hired these people for a reason, like, I, you know, ideally because they know something you don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so why would you be telling someone who knows something you don't how to do their job like i'm just like that seems insane <laughs> I, 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 want, I, I want i want them to like be able to show up in their zone of genius and make things fucking sing like that's awesome and they're mm-hmm. gonna like that better too right mm-hmm. and we still have to work in constraints and so my job is to hold the constraints and then let them let them blossom and if that happens throughout the whole company, eventually things shift and like abundance starts to happen, right? Because everyone feels at ease. Everyone feels that like your energy is shifting the energy of the whole company, including yeah. your, your, your relationship with your wife and stuff. We haven't even gotten into that, but that's another whole thing. That's, <laughs> it's, the same, it's the same thing though, right? Mm-hmm. So you change yourself and now you're changing the whole company just with your energy and so long term the more guys that we shift into this balance the more companies we shift into this balance eventually we can shift the planet back into balance Mm -hmm. you know and that changes everything yeah definitely i feel like especially with massive corporations like they have what thousands tens of thousands of people working that are putting into these these frameworks and these structures of do 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 produce 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 achieve 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 and those are massive amount of numbers and not only is like they're they're working for these jobs usually about eight hours a day a lot of the time it's 12 hours a day because they're overworked and that's the majority of their life every single day and when you're getting pushed into that um Yes, exactly. And it's like you said, it reflects to their external. They have their their children, their their lovers, like you just mentioned, like your partner, and it just keeps extending. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So imagine we start doing more of this, right? And I'm not the only one who's seen this problem. I was like so happy, so happy in December to hear Elon Musk talk about this using his own words, though. He literally said, so this is the richest man in the world talking now, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, on Bloomberg TV, he literally said, MBAs are destroying America. Now, me as an MBA, my ears perk up. I'm like, yeah, I know. I know why. Because <laughs> of this focus on efficiency. He says, because they're focused on efficiency and on finance in absence of any sort of nod towards, pro- he calls it product, but product is basically creativity, Right. Mm-hmm. that feminine aspect of the business right so they're all about numbers and math i i mean like 
we did so much math in the MBA. Like it was like five years of math and efficiency and efficient markets and like, like optimizing supply chains and all this stuff. And then right at the end, we had one half credit course that was like ethics and, and, you know, executive responsibilities. And they're like, yeah, you should pay attention <laughs> yeah. to that stuff. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? This stuff should be woven into every aspect of the MBA. Cause otherwise now you're cranking out people who are literally taught my focus is on optimization and efficiency in excess of anything else. That's the focus. And of, so of course you've got companies and people out of balance. Like that's, what's being taught. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, the place that I work right now, um, I'm a software developer and I'm actually literally developing a piece of software that is for actuaries to analyze oh numbers and formulas. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, so when you brought that up, I was like, oh my goodness, that's my life right now. So I'm not complaining or anything. Yeah, so like, I mean, it's super interesting on a mind level. Yeah. But it's funny that you mentioned that because it literally has all these graphs that they have to analyze. They're actually projecting them where the numbers are going to go. And like, they're just completely like their job is numbers, really. Yeah. Um, well, and I'm not saying get rid of that. Like, like, the, yeah, this is this is all valuable, but it has to be Definitely. in balance. Right. Exactly. And right now it's out of balance. So that that's kind of the premise of the book. And the book paints a picture of how how do you do that? Right. How does uh, an integrated leader do that? And then we're we're getting into like there's going to be like a certification program, a teacher training program. Um, we're looking at getting it into universities, like in kind of the medium term. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> actually, the the team I'm working with um, told me a really interesting thing. They have um, they have some of their team in India. And the guy they brought on for this project, for the Integrated Leader Project, he's got like a PhD in sociology and like anthropology or something like that. And he's he's written like many books. And so he kind of knows, you know, and he's, he's created university courses in this. So he's kind of the perfect person for this sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And he, he went to the book and he's like, I need more time. This is, this is this is too big. We need, we need more time. Mm -hmm. We need more people. This is going to be like, so, so yeah, super excited to see where this journey yeah. goes. And, um, you know, the next step is just getting the book out and we're, we've got a got bunch of content coming out in the next couple of weeks. So, yeah. Mm, that is awesome. Um, I feel like myself personally, I, um, have such a, like, cause I'm living it right now. Like my day job was in a corporate um job mm -hmm. uh so, so i feel the masculinity i i could see it all around me my entire framework of my position is masculine and i have like such a contraction in my day job where i have to like really like step back and since COVID hit we are working remotely and it was such a blessing in disguise for myself and i'm sure for many people to be honest because mm -hmm. um, now i can work remotely and I am like have that disconnect and I'm completely separated from all those masculine energies. Like for me, anytime I woke or woke, I, I walked into the office, I stepped into the office on my floor, I would get hit by this like, oof, oh my God, what is that? Mm. And then when I started working remotely, 
like I didn't feel it anymore. And it finally hit me like, oh my gosh, like it's it's this thick masculine energy and just all the obviously all the energies of people that work there individually because I'm quite sensitive to it. But it's just such a shift um, yeah. to just kind of step away from that for a moment. Yeah, the Heart Math Institute actually did some studies on that. And they've mm. they've proven that it's a thing. It's like it's measurable. Yeah. Like our hearts yes. have a magnetic field that extends about eight feet beyond the body mm -hmm. or more for some people. Mm -hmm. And when we've balanced our internal energies, the the physiological results of that is that the mind and the heart are now in coherence. So they're vibrating yes. at the at the same frequency, and that means they're communicating effectively. When that happens, the heart's magnetic field, um, it shifts into a very, it's almost like more of a more beautiful field, right? It's, it's more serene. You look at it, it's like, it's just, it's just more beautiful, right? It's more like a flower yeah. instead of this like. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I believe um, to, to kind of flow in with that, sorry. Um, I was actually, I think I was reading something about auras and it might be something similar to this. And it was actually showing the 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 graph measurement of how it looked like on a person and what i found the most interesting was addiction mm. um addiction was like this like spiral of like around the entire being and it was just like all these colors and it just was literally like just chaos chaos yeah 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 so it's a lower form of energy right like if you look at your sock drawer for example right <laughs> don't look and at my sock drawer <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly first of all <laughs> yeah. this is this is the the timeless uh, example well not timeless they didn't have socks way way back but anyways um <laughs> any system tends towards chaos right uh and so a sock drawer is a perfect example it over time without putting more energy into it the software will turn into just a mess like it's chaotic mm -hmm. but if you put if you pour energy into it then you create order so order is a higher vibration it's a higher energetic state and that's what we're trying to do with our minds and our bodies is to bring them into a higher energetic state so there's more order and less chaos yes yeah that's beautiful i love that <laughs> <laughs> thank you so at that moment um I do want to give you the stage scene and give you the opportunity to share with the listeners how they can get a hold of you on social media, email or email if you like, but a website, whatever, any offerings you have, I'd like for you to share. Cool. Yeah. Um, so I do one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching, um, sort of three or six months packages, as well as um, I have some like online courses that, uh, you know, teach people how to meditate and I've got free uh, guided meditations that people can download either on Insight Timer or on my uh, website, mindhacker.com. You can hit me up on social. So Facebook and Instagram are both at Zen Mind Hacker or CN Kenshin on everything else. So yeah, that's, that's basically it. Awesome. Hmm. And well, thank you so much. Yeah. I am thank, so thank happy you. you joined me today. Yeah, and I appreciate mm. all your insights and knowledge. Oh, thank you. It was so awesome connecting with you again, Chelsea. Thank you so much for joining me with today's episode. If you love what you heard, be sure to share it with me by leaving a review on your listening platform so I can keep the goodness coming your way. 
If you aren't already following me on social media, you can interact with me and enjoy daily inspiration on Instagram at Chelsbra or visiting my website for one-to-one mentoring at chelsbra.com. I love you and appreciate you so much and can't wait to connect again in the next episode. Until then, turn your magic on loves and keep evolving.